Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Overlap. My name is Elias Techley, joined here on a special podcast with my friend and my boy, Rian. Rian, hasn't been that long since we last talked, but uh, what have you been up to? I mean, I know you're probably sitting at home. Actually, I'm going to guess you're sitting at home on your couch, TV's on the background, and that's been your whole day. Yep, chilling in my uh, basement, actually. Uh, ah, <laughs> close, yeah, close. So my basement's just city, sitting down, uh, watching. Um, I have the U.S. Open on in the background again here. Yeah, but, oh, that's uh, hype. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, outside of that, nothing, nothing much. Everything's Dude, been. Do you, so, like, do you go outside nowadays, or do you just <laughs> do you, like, sit inside? No, no. I went outside. I went outside. Dude, I. Uh, yeah, I went outside <laughs> for a little bit. <laughs> I did big outside. accomplishment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> love it, love How it. The overlap is uh, is taking a new podcast outside, featuring Rion's front porch. Uh, <laughs> no, but but we're 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 chilling. Uh, yeah, I've been working. I mean, pretty <laughs> pretty chill week. Um, this is the first Friday in a while that I actually had to go into work. Usually, I work from home those days, but. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a busy weekend. I'm off next week for training in uh, in North Carolina, so it's uh, it'll be a fun time. Um, but yeah, we're still going to talk some Champions League. We didn't get a chance to do this this past weekend because Rion was uh, was a little 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 busy with his music festivals, and uh, I was down in DC visiting some friends. So we're bringing you the Champions League preview um, and our humble opinions on who we think is going to make it through the group stage and. Um, just so you know, though, I'm, I'm sure by the time we get to Group H, if you know who group, is in Group H already, Rian and I are going to get into it a little bit. But uh, but stay tuned for that later. Uh, but Rian, before we even get started on the Champions League, um, I was just I was watching part of the Germany Netherlands Euro qualifier game, and um, I know you wanted to you wanted to get something off your chest, so I'll I'll leave the floor to you. Oh no, it's just. <laughs> I mean, the, outside of so the match was actually pretty good. Um, you know, I'm really still impressed by the Netherlands, who are really making a cool, a really good resurgence since uh, not again not making it in the last couple of major tournaments. Um, but they played great again today. Outplayed Germany in the second half completely. They went down one nothing. Um, almost went down two nothing. Really good save from uh, Sillison against uh, Royce at the end of the first half. But anyway, they come out second half. And they dominate. They score two goals. Right, Frankie De Young gets the first goal. Actually, your your boy Frankie gets the first one. Of course, of course, he did. Who else? Um, Frankie gets the first one, and then second one's an own goal by uh, by Germany by um, Jonathan Ta. But then uh, Germany come down the other end about ten minutes later. You know they come down the channel um, and Delict basically cuts off a through ball, but the ball pops up. Right as he like as he's like making a play on it, ball pops up. He's looking. Let's say I think he's looking to his left, and the ball comes down on his right side and hits his right hand with his head completely turned away from it. <laughs> and the referee calls a handball. And you know, you know, most people look at it and say, "Oh well, he wasn't looking at that at all." But you you might guess, um, hey, they should. They'll just change that with VAR, right? They'll just look at that again. Uh, they'll change it, obviously. But uh, as you would guess, the, with the incompetency of FIFA and UEFA especially, 
they are not using VAR during qualifiers. VAR, however, was used during the UEFA Nations League, and it's going to be used during the actual Euros next summer. They've chosen to not use it during the qualifiers. Because <laughs> I'm sure nothing could go wrong here. It's not like you could end up, I don't know, uh, having a team draw a game that they should have won and then not make the uh, European Championships. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, of game. course, of course. So no, that would they would never let that happen. Yeah, absolutely. FIFA would would never get together with UEFA and and any other organization that's involved with this and uh, try and screw a team over. No, oh. that would never. I've n- never heard. Uh, of they it. wouldn't even try to. Just their pure incompetency would end up. <laughs> so. Dude, yeah. Just imagine if Seb Blatter was still like a re- relevant oh, figure in yeah. FIFA. Maybe he is honestly, and yeah. we don't even know it. True. Who knows? You're right. But uh, yeah. in, in any case, God. you know, Germany scores, but then very quickly, very quickly, another like five or six minutes later, um, Netherlands score to go 3-2 and eventually score another one to go 4-2. And they, they win the game, a game that they desperately needed because uh, of all teams there, the team that's to- uh, top of the group with Germany and Netherlands is Northern Ireland <laughs> with four wins in their Love first game. So Germany and Netherlands... Um, you know, playing catch up there. Granted, Northern Ireland haven't played either of those two teams yet, so it'll probably change very soon. But uh, but you know, in the end, in the end, the ball did not lie, and Netherlands ended up winning the game, and you know, they look really impressive. Ball did not lie. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it almost did, but I I see what you're going for. Yeah, no, no. In the end, it did not because the right team won. Uh, yeah, but no, Netherlands impressed again. They're they're really, really good. Really, good. It, it. If this team had like Van Persie up top, this oh, like a proper yeah. like out and out striker. Yeah, because they play Depay basically as like a false nine. Right, so. right, right. No, that is actually very fair. I don't think about that, but. Well, we wish both of those teams luck. Um, a lot of those players will also be in the Champions League. It's it's interesting to note, mm-hmm. um, or important to note. Um, but let's start off with the Champions League groups as they were drawn last week. Starting off with Group A, it is PSG, Real Madrid, Club Bruges, and Galatasaray. Group B is Bayern Munich, Tottenham, Olympiakos, and Krevnas Vjedstad. Yeah, that's it. There you go. Um, Group C is Manchester City, Shakhtar Donetsk, Dynamo Zagreb, and Atalanta, followed by Group D, Juventus, Atletico Madrid, Bayer Leverkusen, and Lokomotiv Moscow. Moscow? It's just Moscow. I think it's it's Moscow. Moscow, sorry. I think think it's it's Moscow. Moscow. Yeah, yeah. It's just Moscow. Okay. Really? No, I wasn't going crazy. Jesus. Um, Group E is Liverpool, Napoli, Salzburg, and... I love this name, Genk. <laughs> uh, group F is Barcelona, Borussia Dortmund, Inter Milan, and Slavia Praha. Group G is Zenit, Benfica, Lyon, and Leipzig. Followed last, but definitely not least, Chelsea, Ajax, Valencia, and Lille. So, Rian, let's start off in Group A. We have a big, big tie in about a little over... A week and a week and a half time now. Um, PSG, Real Madrid, highlighting Group A along with Club Bruges and Galatasaray. But what do you make of this group, and who do you think is going to come out of it? 
<laughs> what kind of obviously you know who's gonna come out of it? <laughs> it's gonna be Galatas, Ryan, Naturally, naturally, it's gonna be PSG and Real Madrid. Like, well, I guess I can't. You can You can't say with the form that Real Madrid has right now. You, I guess technically, I can't say that they're definitely gonna make it out of the group. But it's gonna be PSG and Real Madrid. We know. We know who it's gonna be. Sure. Um, All right. If, if, if you say that, then I have a better question for you. Who finishes first in the group? Hmm. Um. I. I mean, I'll say PSG because they're only slightly less dysfunctional. <laughs> like, they're two pretty. They're two pretty dysfunctional teams at the moment. But you know, PSG are dysfunctional because of one player. Whereas you know, Real Madrid, it's kind of like a whole thing. Uh, it's got the whole parts are uh, not in the best um, of form, or you know. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? I don't even fucking know. But, you know, they're, they're, they're not, not a great right. place. They're not in a great place right now either. Um, right. But, you know, they just have injuries. For, they have a lot of injuries right now. And then the weird situation with Bale. But, yeah, they'll everyone will be back but for by another, like, two or three weeks. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Real Madrid are certainly showing the same cracks like we talked about last weekend um, or this past weekend. Um from last season and uh, obviously they have the technical quality regardless of their injuries to make it past club Bruges and Galatasaray at the very least. I do think that Galatasaray is actually a very difficult place to go and play. Um, and that is a place that I can see PSG and Real Madrid tripping up a little bit if they were to trip up outside of playing themselves. Um, but beyond that, I do think it's generally a very straightforward um um, progression through to the round of 16 PSG and Real Madrid going through I'm actually going to go ahead and say that hmm, no I'm going to go with PSG and first I, a part of me wanted to go with Real Madrid and their black magic of two years ago and Zidane pulling one out of his ass but <laughs> I, I do think that PSG have the more cohesive team right now and I think that they will just barely edge out Real Madrid um, in the group stages but I think I think we can both agree that this is a pretty straightforward group. Yeah, for sure. I mean, PS- I think PSG's team just makes a little more sense right now. So. Exactly. Exactly. Well, in that case, let's quickly move on to Group B. Um, this is also a coveted group with Bayern Munich and Tottenham taking the most obvious top two spots in many people's eyes. But Olympiacos aren't a bad side, per se. No, they're they are not. They're not. They're reigning champions of um, of Greece. So you know you can't take them too lightly for sure. For sure. Um, yeah, that that's going to Greece is always really hard too. Like that's they have a great home crowd, um, a pretty tough environment to go and play. Yeah, um, I I think it'll be, it'll be tough for both Bayern and Tottenham. Also, two teams that are not at least going into the international break in the best of form. Right. Um, even Byron, you know, just barely won the league last season. You know, really Dortmund threw the league away the last couple of months of that they season. They really did. Yeah. Um, but, you know, By- Byron have not started extremely great um, this season. So, you know, there's definitely, I think there's, it could be an upset. Uh, definitely, in, if, it, if they're going to Greece, going to Greece, that's not going to be easy. Um, you know, also, they, there's a two like more Eastern European teams that they have to the travel is definitely something to think about. 
Right, right. And the last time uh, Barcelona too played Olympiacos, they they came out with a one-one tie um, as well. So it's not always the easiest place to go. And honestly, that's one of those games that I can see Tottenham, especially based on their form, just maybe barely squeak out a tie and and come out of Greece with with just a point. Um, I don't think that that will hurt their overall placement in going through to the round of 16. Um, I do think it's another sort of straightforward uh, Bayern and and Spurs um, figure it out and they get through um, respectively too. I do think Bayern finishes on top of Spurs, but I think, I think on points they might end up being level or within a point of each other. I actually don't think there's going to be that much of a difference. And I'm very curious to see how both of those games go, um, both the home and away legs for those teams go, because um, that's that's a tie that I will certainly be keeping an eye on based on the, the new players that they brought in. I'm very excited to see them in Europe. And I'm also very excited to see those systems um, play out against each other. Obviously, Byron brought in Coutinho, Spurs brought in more midfield depth. Um, so what do both of those teams come out, come out with? Um, I'm, I'm very curious to see. Yeah, I, I'll definitely have to say that neither of those two teams, talking, talking about Tottenham and Bayern, neither of them should be like that afraid of the other one right now. I mean, you know, yeah. Yeah. granted, they're the two top clubs, but neither of them should be particularly afraid of the other. <laughs> um, yeah, and if, if I were in either of them, those shoes, I feel as though if I was a player, I would be saying on either of those teams, I'd be saying we can really get after one of the other yeah. teams. And I, I don't know how that's going to end up playing out. Uh, but one of those teams is going to finish on top of the other, uh, regardless, <laughs> just, that's just the way it has to work. So true. Who do you think? Who are you thinking? I, I do think Byron get, um, the top spot. I think spurt if, if we were, if Spurs had started off the season, in better form, I would say maybe Spurs could could tweak it out. Granted, the the group stages will go until the end of the calendar year, practically, so um, it, form will definitely change. But right now, this is these are the type of games, especially these smaller Champions League games, that I can see Spurs just somehow screwing up. Right, like that. It's in the most Spurs way ever, <laughs> and there's almost no rationale behind it. But it always seems as though mentally they're not 100% there in those some of those smaller games and I think that Bayern have better quality when it comes to to playing out um harder wins um so I I don't know I, I'm feeling Bayern with this yeah I, I want to say Tottenham I really do want to say Tottenham because I really think that I really don't think that this is like the Bayern of I mean, they haven't really been the same team since Pep left, really. Um, For sure. No, it's definitely not the same Bayern. Yeah. So, I, I mean, even, but even like, you know, last season they weren't, they weren't that great. They weren't very good at all last season, especially in the Champions League. Um, and, I, I, and, I, and I think Dortmund has a really, really good chance of winning um, the Bundesliga this season. So I, so I don't think Bayern are unbeatable. So I want to say, say Tottenham. I, I'm going to say Tottenham because I – think they'll I think they'll end up kind of figuring it out I don't like the atmosphere around Tottenham right now but um I my hope is that things get better as they get farther and farther away from the transfer uh window really yeah yeah that's also yeah definitely a very fair assessment um but we'll see what happens with that group hopefully they'll be able to uh to figure that out because both of those teams have a lot of quality 
Um, it's just a matter of actually showing it now on the pitch. So, well, with that, I think we'll move on to Group C now. Shakhtar Donetsk, Dynamo Zagreb, and Atalanta pretty much all up against Manchester City. <laughs> I, I really don't think that this is a question that Manchester City are going to go through. And they will more than likely go through in the top spot. But um, who do you think gets that second spot? That's what I'm more curious about. Oh, wait. I just – there's just – I have one thing to say about these – freaking uh, city group again man you know <laughs> I, a moment of silence here all right you can't keep getting away with it <laughs> you can't keep getting away with it that's how oh, i feel my. that's how i feel about this this is a three straight season of this bullshit man who, who do who do i have to freaking bribe to get City in a group that is somewhat tough, in a group that, that that they don't end up playing Phil Foden in the last two games of the group stage. Hey, hey, no, no disrespect to Phil Foden. Phil Foden's actually a great player. Yeah, but still. <laughs> <laughs> but uh. no, but uh, but to your question, who's second? I I'm I'm going to go with Atalanta. Um, you know they. Had a really, really good season last year, making it into the into the uh, Champions League uh, places in Italy. You know, pretty good team. They one of their players actually played today in Germany, Netherlands. Uh, Darun, the, who's a central mid for them, basically plays like the number a number six kind of role. But um, yeah, I'm going to go with them. I think I think you know because of their level, I'm going to go with the team that plays in a better level of competition from being completely transparent here. Um, and also going to Atalanta is not going to be easy. I think that, I think that'll be actually um, a tough game for city. Um, they have not, I mean, they're, they're a very different team on the road. I mean, as anyone is, but especially away, um, they have not, they're not like, they have not fared that well away from home um, against good teams in the champions league in the past. So, It'll be really interesting to see that. So you're saying Atalanta is going to go through? Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> hmm, that is that is not what I expected. I'm not going to lie. I I have slightly different thoughts. I think that while Atalanta are a good team, I think I think Shakhtar Donetsk might have one of those weird group stages, and somehow, some way. Just find a way to squeak out a point here, maybe three points there. But I, I am riding the Shakhtar Donetsk train all the way to the round of 16, and I will never use that analogy again because that was a trash <laughs> analogy. That yeah, was pretty bad. But Alex, horrendous. But I, I, I don't think that's. I don't think it's out of the realm of obviously not out of the realm of possibility. But I don't think it's crazy to say that because you know, also going to play at Shakhtar, you know. Although City have been in the same group as them, I think like two of the last three years or something like that. Yeah, so, very consistently. Yeah, so um, going to Ukraine is not an easy match for anyone. Um, no, no, it's not. And while some of Shakhtar's players do have a lot of quality, they are a relatively young team, I would say, um, which is actually going to be interesting to see when they play City, especially at home. Um, but... Uh, it's just, it's a very weird group filled with very 
average to below average teams outside of city. And it's all at, at some point it almost feels like picking out of a hat, but I feel as though Shakhtar Donetsk have somewhat of a proven record in Europe, or at least making, making some sort of dent into Europe uh, consistently. So I'm going to, I'm going to pick Shakhtar and, and see what happens. That's my, that's my pick. Okay. I was, all right. I respect it. It's wrong, but I respect it. It's, um, well, I can't wait to see what you're going to pick for the next group, uh, Group D. Uh, Juve, Atletico, Bayer Leverkusen, and Locomotive Moscow. Rian, we all know that the second best player in the world is going out in the group stages. So <laughs> just, just that side, uh, Atletico, Bayer, sorry, or... We're not on Group F yet. I don't think we're on Group F. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, you're right. That's why uh, started off with Group D. So Juve and Atletico, so many storylines with that. Um, obviously the, the Portuguese stars coming up against each other, um, strong, well, I would say a strong defense in Juve and a formerly strong defense in Atletico, two very, very talented midfields. I would argue Juve's is better. And then two forward lines that are very different from each other, but have a lot to offer going forward. So Rian, who's coming out on top? Well, you know, I'm you know I'm I'm all on uh, Atletico Madrid this season, so I'm gonna obviously go for them to finish top of this group here. Um, it'll be it'll be cool again to watch <laughs> to watch uh, Ronaldo probably just destroy Atletico Madrid again at least in one of these games because they yeah you know, they just cannot get away from him. <laughs> but <laughs> but it'll be. You know, it'll be a good group in that sense. And you can't really count Leverkusen. Although, it's tough. They sold, they sold off Julian Brandt this summer. He went to Dortmund. So, they lost their best player. Um, so, you know, in terms of firepower, they're a little lacking. In terms of being able to uh, match up against the two big boys in this group. But I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Atletico finishing first. You know, I – the sad part is, is that I, I agree with you. And then you started off by saying, oh, obviously I'm going with Atletico because they're practically going to win the league and walk away with it. And so I'm agreeing <laughs> with you on a different premise now because I wanted to agree with you on the same one. But I I do think Atletico edge out Juve at the end of the day in this group. Um, we saw, especially at the beginning of last year, Juve stumble a little bit in the Champions League. Um, they they were not good. They, they, were, were, yeah. they were getting carried by Ronaldo. They really, really were, really. and and we kind of saw a little bit of that this past weekend against Napoli. Right, they had to rely on an own goal to avoid dropping points, even though they were up three yeah. zero. Right, so I'm a li- uh, that part of their game concerns me a little bit, and I know Sorry is working his way back from health and everything like that. So I'm sure they will gain a little bit of fluidity going forward, especially into the, the later rounds of the group stage. But Atletico have proven that they are off to the races from the start, and I have no reason to doubt that they're coming in with a lot of confidence and a lot of high hopes. And I think that they are just generally the better team. And, and kind of like you said, along the lines of Bayer Leverkusen, they're, they're actually a very fun stadium to go play at. Um, it's, a, it's a great atmosphere. Um, I'm very excited to see those two big boys go there. Um, but I don't think that they have enough goals in them um, to get uh, a result against either of those two teams. So 
I'm with you. I'm going Atletico first, Juve second, probably Bayer third, and, well, Moscow, sorry, but not sorry. Um, they will likely not make it out of the group stage. Um, so that's Group D. Moving on to the second half of all the groups. Group E, this is this is an interesting, interesting group with Liverpool and Napoli highlighting this group. Uh, followed by Salzburg and my favorite team in the entirety of Europe, Genk. <laughs> Love that word. But Liverpool, Napoli, who's going to come out on top here? Because I'm assuming you're going to go with, with both of them coming out for, towards the round of 16, unless unless you're picking an upset somehow. No, no, yeah, for sure. The, uh, well, uh, no, saw this is Salzburg. I, I, for a second, I was like, is this RB Leipzig? No, this is just the other. No, uh, no. This is the other. It's just the other. Um, uh, linked but not really linked Red Bull team <laughs> that you're not supposed to really look at the fact that Salzburg and Leipzig are owned by the same people. But, um, <laughs> um, no, no. I mean, so the you know, um, I think my favorite storyline in this one, you know, I think Liverpool and Napoli are obviously going to finish top two. They're the two best teams. They're the two most talented teams for sure. Um, but we actually see in Salzburg, we have the first American coach um, in Champions League history, you know, the um, Jesse Marsh, I believe, is the is recently named head coach of Salzburg over the summer. So it's his first season with them, and it's going to be the first American coach in the Champions League. So that's definitely a reason to, if people get a chance to watch Salzburg's games, you know, obviously, you know, they're gonna, you should definitely get a chance to watch them if they're playing Liverpool. Um, but you know, it'll, it'll be interesting to, to check uh, the progress of Salzburg and especially. Um, the coach himself, Jesse Marsh. Yeah, yeah, that'll definitely be an awesome matchup to see him tied up against some of the biggest names in Europe, um, especially in Liverpool and Napoli. And so here we are with two very, very powerhouse teams. Um, Liverpool, excuse me, geez, Liverpool obviously making and winning the Champions League final last year. I don't think I have any doubt that they're going to coast through this group. Um, I don't think that either of those two um, slightly weaker teams in Salzburg or Gank are particularly difficult fixtures for them. I do think Napoli actually will be a difficult fixture for them. I can see them genuinely dropping points away at Napoli, uh, but Anfield is always an absurdly difficult place to go. Um, see Barcelona's game last year there. Um, and I think that Napoli could also suffer there as well. So I think they Liverpool um come out on top without a doubt and it may not actually be close while napoli have been playing okay uh recently i think their biggest most recent signings have helped a lot especially chucky lozano um but i do think liverpool come out on on top and and napoli finish in second there i think that's also another very straightforward one um agree disagree no i agree i agree for sure uh going to be honest it, it doesn't help napoli's case that they lost over two legs to arsenal in the europa league yeah. last that's not a good look obviously they're not this exact same team but they are more or less a lot of the same guys um yeah yeah i, I think liverpool won't have too much trouble um finishing top obviously like you said going away to to napoli will be tough i think going away to salzburg won't be very easy you know that's playing in austria and stuff so uh, there'll, there'll be some interesting games, but I, I think Liverpool probably comfortably finishes first in this uh, group, and Napoli the same in second. 
Yeah, yeah, but I think it's another straightforward one as well. So we'll go ahead and move on to uh, Group F. The apparent group of death lab- labeled by some, I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, I, I, <laughs> I, and I'll, I'll, I would actually love to explain why. Um, I, think, I, I will, gladly. I think that for a slightly different reason, when you think of the group of death, you think of obviously the biggest and best teams, not necessarily the most competitive one. I actually think group H, it could be the group of death here. Um, but what? sorry, let's, let's go <laughs> back to group no. F. When you think of a group of death, you think of the biggest and best teams all in one league, all in one group. Name me a name me a team in the third pot that is better than Inter Milan. In the third pot, mm, I think Valencia could definitely take them. No, oh my God. I'm serious? not. I'm, I'm going to stand with that. Yeah. And oh, just wait till I get to my group H predictions. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. No, but okay. On the real, I do think that group F is, is the group of death. Like realistically, I think they have three top, top tier teams. Um, but group H is a separate thing. I'll explain that whole thing when we get there. But yes, group F is the group of death. Um, I will concede that. Um, Barcelona, Dortmund, Inter Milan, and Slavia Praha. Um, before we even get into predictions, did you see that video of the Slavia Praha um, reps at oh. the draw when they got drawn to Group F? Of course, of course. I was the one that posted in our uh, in our fantasy Premier League um, group chat. Oh my, yeah, uh, yes. <laughs> Just like the the utter ah, we uh, we did get screwed here. <laughs> it's really just laugh. It's a laugh. Yeah. <laughs> laugh made my day. They're like ah, oh, we we make it to the Champions League and. Here we are. <laughs> yeah, well, at least they know they're, they're selling out those games. They're gonna have. They'll, they'll, oh it'll yeah, still be fun. it'll still be fun. It'll be fun for people, uh, for their fans to actually go watch those games. For sure, for sure. I I'm actually very excited to see what their stadium and what their team is is like. I genuinely cannot claim to know a lot about them, um, but based on those reps that were at the the uh, UEFA event, they, they seem like great characters, so I can't wait. Uh, but this is a little bit more difficult to to predict. Um, three very, very strong teams. Let, let me put it this way. Inter have gotten so much better in terms of quality this summer that it's kind of unreal to think about where they were compared to last summer, right? Diego Godin, Alexis Sanchez, Lukaku, like, all of those players came in for uh, Lukaku came in for a lot of money, Sanchez on loan and Diego Godin for free. So if you think about it, it's like getting three players for the price of one very expensive player. Um, yeah. Crazy. I mean, they did, they, they paid like, uh, I don't even remember how much they paid for Sanchez, but you know, to pay to get basically Alexis Sanchez, dead corpse his corpse from manchester united they just shipped it over for almost nothing so you know, that's a pretty good that's not a bad bargain no absolutely um barcelona obviously have had their problems at the start of the season Dortmund have looked incredible um start of the season jordan sancho if he leaves next summer is going to cost 100 million easily i i, I my god he just the performances he keeps putting in and the market that where it's at now will easily value him at 100 mil. Um, agree, disagree, because I, I've, I'm i going to stand firm with that. No, no, absolutely. I, don't, I do not disagree, for sure. Um, he's, he's, he, he's literally, everything he touches for Dortmund is basically gold. Um, it's been a, an assist machine for them. So, 
Yeah, I mean, I you know because Manchester City is so good, has so much money, and and they just replace players, whatever. But he's basically like the equivalent of Chelsea letting De Bruyne go. <laughs> like it's it's actually basically yeah. the same thing. <laughs> Goes to Germany, tears it up, and then he's then you know. Just Sanchez probably leaving next summer. I think even Dorman are somewhat um, uh, resigned to that. So you know, he's. I think he'll have a great season here again, for sure, for sure. Well, when you say he's going to have a great season, what do you think that means for this group then? Um, you know, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that Dortmund finishes first in this group. Now, uh, the thing that I'm most don't worry, I'm just having heart palpitations. Continue. <laughs> you, you can't even like fully go against it, too. But um, the thing that I'm looking forward to most in this group um, is we get to see Lionel Messi play in front of the yellow wall for the first time ever. And if people are not familiar, the yellow wall is uh, I believe it's the south stand of um, Borussia Dortmund. And it's like 30-something thousand people all standing, and it's where the TIFOs go up. And it's just this awesome, awesome um, scene for every Dortmund game, every Dortmund home game, at least. Um, so we get to see Messi play in front of them for the first time ever. He's never played against Borussia Dortmund. So this it is, is that is literally going to be one of the best games in the entire group stages, seeing Messi there at um, – I be- oh, God, I'm I'm forgetting what Dortmund Stadium is called. I think it's the something park S- signal. I think signal Sig- signal signal. Yes, yes, signal Iduna Park. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I'm very very excited to see him play there because that is not an easy place to go at all. Like top five, probably in my opinion, top five most difficult venues to go to. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, the top teams in Europe. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah. Well, I, I'm going to have to disagree with you on the whole Dortmund finishing first thing. I do think that with Messi coming back and Suarez coming back and whenever Dembele decides to actually show up and play football properly, um, I think Barcelona do barely get out of this first. I think it's going to be very close with Dortmund, but I think it's going to go Barcelona, Dortmund, and Inter Milan are going to drop into third. Um in that order. I, I definitely have biases coming to play in that. So don't, don't mind that. Um, yeah, but I honestly, do. I'm discounting it completely. So, all right, well <laughs> just, again, just wait until we get to group age. So, um, I, I am going to go with Barcelona and first, um, I think the messy factor is huge. We think about it this way. We saw it in the Liverpool game at camp new, right? It, they played terribly. Liverpool played really well. And the scoreline was, Messi three, practically Liverpool zero. Um, So I think that cannot be understated, but it's going to be the most interesting group and the most difficult group by far. Um, So I'm excited for it. But I think with that, we're going to take a very brief break. We'll be back with groups G and H and a couple of our favorite storylines in our group H predictions, at least on my end. So we'll we'll be back in a bit. All 
right, we are back with the next couple of groups in the group stages, Group G and Group H in the Champions League. So Group G is Zenit, Benfica, Leon, and Leipzig. Rian, this is it's a group full of, I would argue, not not top teams. One or two of them are breaking into that mold of top teams. Um, but I don't think there's one team that really stands out. No, um, I don't think so either. You know, we always get at least one. I mean, usually just one, really. We always get one group in the Champions League every year where it seems like all four of the teams are basically the same level. I I think this year we probably got two in Group G and Group H. But, um, you know, definitely in Group G, it's tough here. I, I actually do think, I think Leipzig might stand out just a bit. Um, you know, they're extremely, extremely um, talented team with a fantastic Sorry, we interrupt you for in, my um, security system ringing in the background, <laughs> but I apologize. There you go. Continue. Uh, oh, God. I lost my train of thought. What the hell? I, I, was, I, would, I would literally rather you get burgled <laughs> and pulled out of this than, than cut I'm, me off. I'm so sorry. Right. All right. Yeah, there's happening again. I'm sorry, Dad. Um, <laughs> well, um, no, Le- Leipzig are really talented team. They they finished fourth in the Bundesliga last season. Um, and then over the summer, they have uh, brought in the uh, Julian Nagelsmann, who you know famously took Hoffenheim to the Champions League for the first time in their history. He's like 35, I think. He's like the young. He's the youngest. He's the youngest uh, manager in the Bundesliga for sure, and he's the youngest manager in uh, the Champions League. It's kind of a wonder, uh, wunderkind in his own right. Um, uh, great, great usage so of there's, uh, there's some... the new language of a new language. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but they're, they're, I think they actually do stand out a bit. Um, you know, they've got Timo Werner up top. You know, we talked about him a little bit in the last podcast when we were previewing uh, Germany and the Netherlands. And, um, and then on top of that, they have guys like Emil Forsberg, who's who also really, really good, really, really good number 10 player. Um, and then, of course, they've got an American in center mid, uh, well, defensive mid, uh, Tyler Adams, who someone to definitely look out for. He's injured right now, coming back from a groin injury, I believe. So um, he's supposed to come back after the after the international break, so a good chance that we might see him um, maybe match day two. I, I wouldn't expect him to start match day one, but when he's fit and healthy, he will be actually he'll actually be a regular starter for uh, Leipzig. So he'll get some nice Champions League minutes. And then uh, generally, the, in the back line, you have Upa, Upa Makano, who Arsenal was trying to sign over the summer. Here he's like twenty years old, French center back, really really strong, really solid player. So I think I think that Leipzig actually are the best team in the group. And, um, and then I'm going to, I'm going to say Leon finishes second because, you know, Leon's got some great players who was um, including Memphis Depay. As we were talking yeah. About him I, I think your mention or your shout for Leipzig is actually really, really interesting because I think this could be one of the sleeper teams. Well, honestly, I don't even know if they're a sleeper team at this point, but they're, they could, yeah, no, no. I think sleepers. Yeah, I, mean, I, I just yeah. genuinely think that they have a lot of quality, especially like you just talked about, and, and Timo Werner. Um, and so, 
I think that Leipzig could get out of the group stage. I don't know if it'll be first or second. Uh, a part of me thinks that uh, a part of me does think that Benfica could squeak it out. Um, but it, this group is a little bit of a toss up for me, right? Zenit just bought Malcolm from Barcelona. Obviously um, they do generally make it in and out of Europe here and there. Um, I can't claim to watch a lot of Zenit games, but from what I have seen, the, the small amount that I've seen, they aren't that bad of a side. Um, they are decently well defensively structured, I would say. Um, and so I'm thinking that this could be a Leipzig Benfica matchup for first and second. I know okay. I didn't really give a shout to Leon. Um, I think that losing Nabil Fakir is huge for them. Um, but yeah, Moussa Dembele is a great player. That right, right. Moussa Dembele is still there, and so it's yeah. not like they've lost everyone. But I don't know. I I didn't like the way that Leon played. Um, I was I was impressed. I should say that much outside of the game against Manchester City last season. Um, yeah, no, true. They, they were that that was by far their best game. That was an extremely impressive result going going right to exactly, that and that doesn't happen often. So it was impressive for them to put themselves on the map like that. Well, they were on the map, but to make a stamp, I should say, in Europe like that. But I, I'm not. I don't know if I'm entirely convinced by them going up against these other sides. So I'm actually going to go with Benfica Leipzig, um, even though Benfica obviously lost a starlet um, in João Felix, but. I'm gonna, uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with Leipzig, Benfica. I'm not sure about the order, but if I had to guess, I would go Leipzig, Benfica, Leon, Zenit. Um, but that's gonna be a very, very interesting group and, and kind of a toss up a little bit as well. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I want to put like a sneaky kind of feeling here that you know Leipzig could, we, not to this maybe the same extent as last season, Champions League um, campaign, but. Leipzig could be this year's Ajax a little bit. I want because you know a lot of their their stars are very very young, um, but like a lot of quality. Right. So and in and of I mean they're like I I don't want to like overhype him too much, but like their coach really is like he he is like top top level. Like I don't think I don't know if people understand that Hoffenheim are not very good are not a club that is known for like spending much. Or producing great talent and stuff. Um, granted, that's where Firmino came right. from off and on. But, um, but they, they're not like when they finished in the Champions League places. That was a, an unbelievable job that he did. And he's again, he's still only I believe thirty five. So like, I, I think I think they have a really good chance. Um, they also brought over Adam uh, Lukman from Everton over the summer too. Another a young English player. They've got uh, Ethan Ampadu on loan from Chelsea. Uh, you know they, they've got they've got a very good young team. So if you're looking for another Ajax storyline, um, you know they could make it. They could make it to maybe like the final, the round of um, or quarterfinals, right? Um, you know if, if you're looking for one, then then I, then you know Leipzig could really be. Um, the yeah, team for that. yeah. We'll see what happens. It's going to be a very interesting next couple of months in the group stages. Um, but like I said, this this is kind of a toss up. So we'll see what see what comes of it. Moving on, Rian, your beloved Group H, man. I have a surprise for you in this group. This is this is going to be my surprise for you in Group H. Uh, okay. All right. So so let me just preface when these groups were getting drawn. I texted Elias 
when I saw this group and I said, legit, there's like a 30% chance that, that uh, Chelsea could finish on top of this group. <laughs> I'm going to throw out, I think there's like a 40% chance that Ajax finishes on top. And then, you know, you can split the difference between the last really? two. Really? Okay. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Actually, honestly, I would probably give the rest of 20, the rest of it, uh, the next 30% to Valencia, maybe. Because uh, I, I don't actually don't think Will are, are that great. But um, go on. Tell me, tell me your bold prediction here, Elias. Rian, I hate to break it to you, but Chelsea are not making out of this group. They are not making out of this group with the quality that's there. Ajax, we know what they did. We know what they did last yeah, last campaign, and they have not decreased their quality. Have they lost very, very Oh yeah. No, no, no. no, no, no. Let me finish. Let me finish. They they here's the thing. They have lost star players, right? They lost De Jong. They lost the league. They almost lost Van de Beek, right? They they did all they did lose quality, but the foundation of their team is still there. And they have players that have totally bought into this system. Then I love the way that they play. It is so fluid. They know their positions. They know their movements. It's incredible to watch. And when I look at Chelsea, am I impressed with some of their young forwards? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's impressive. But can they take on Ajax? Not in my opinion. I don't think they, I don't think they, that they have enough experience under Lampard with his new ideas to take on an Ajax side and beat them and get three points. Not one point, but three points. So then the question turns to Valencia. Well, can Valencia beat or can Chelsea beat Valencia? Um, let's think about it. Are, is, is Valencia's defense good? It's like, okay. Like, it's not amazing. It's okay, in my opinion. Um, they managed to keep Rodrigo away from Atletico. So that's huge. And that means goals. Um, are Valencia creative side? Yeah, Danny Parejo is still playing decently well for Valencia. And their midfield isn't half bad. Chelsea's, on the other hand, still has a lot to figure out. When I'm looking at a Chelsea-Valencia tie, I'm picking Valencia in at least one of those and probably another point for Valencia in the away leg. Because when you go to Mestalla, it's not a very easy place to go. And so with that, kind of leaves Chelsea up in the air and probably out of the, the round of 16. So that's my bold prediction, Rian. I would love to hear your thoughts. Alice, you want to know the last time that Valencia went to England and won in the Champions League? Enlighten me. I'm literally looking right now. I'm, I'm literally looking on EuroCupHistory.com and looking at their record against. Oh, there we go. I got you. Actually, I've got you right mm-hmm. here. Um, the last time that they won was. In 1961, <laughs> against Nottingham Forest, when it wasn't even the Champions League anymore. <laughs> That's the last time Valencia went to England and won. Sure. <laughs> went away and won a match. All right? Granted, think about the teams that they've played. Oh, actually, well, yeah, sorry. If you want to go to Europa League, they beat Stoke <laughs> uh, in 2012. You know, if that's, what you're, if that's what you're basing everything off of here. <laughs> Uh, but outside of that, um, I, I have no reason to believe that they're going to come to Stanford Bridge and win a game. So 
Sure. If, if you if you if you wanna if you wanna uh, put your blind faith into La Liga, go on. That's well, fine. It's not blind. Your, it's it's your, rooted in that's your fact. prerogative. That's your prerogative. It's rooted in fact. What's your fact in thinking that Valencia is a better team than Inter Milan? Whoa, whoa! I didn't say that. I said the groups. No, I said no, the no, groups. No, 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 no. I asked you who's a better team from Pot Three than Inter Milan, and you said Valencia. So, oh, I see, oh, I see what you're doing now. Okay, all right, yeah. all right, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, so I'm going to take just about everything you're saying now with a massive grain <laughs> of salt. Well, I, I'm not, I, I am not. Look, this does not mean that they may that uh, Valencia or Lil won't possibly beat uh, Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. But I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm not going to go into any of these games, home to Valencia, home to Lille, and be afraid of losing that match. I'm just going to say that. I'm not going to be afraid of losing a match at home to to Valencia, who are sitting in granite sitting at the table, and they're, they did not have not played real even remotely well in their uh, in their first few games of the season. And obviously, I can never be afraid of a farmers league team in general. So, Lil, I'm not. <laughs> you're not. You're not, not currently really. in the picture. No. Yeah, yeah. I'm not even thinking about them in all honesty. Um, but the biggest storyline from this group, outside of the fact that uh, just in the four in the two matches with Chelsea and Ajax, you know, we're going to be older than like 80 percent of the people yeah. on the field. Um, <laughs> uh, we've got. Three Americans in a Champions League group together. Uh, I honestly, I literally don't know if that's ever happened before. <laughs> I actually don't, would love to so, see if that has happened before, especially during the, the Dempsey know. era and and you know Donovan era. Yeah, um, well, definitely not Donovan. He he played like for a month, right? Right. Once, but that's it. But no, we've got Timmy Weah on Lil. And we've got Pul- obviously Pulisic at Chelsea, and then Serginho Dest right back for Ajax. So those are all three guys that um, will probably start at least half of the games um, in the Champions League, and very well might start against each other a couple times. So that'll be really awesome to see, um, especially if you're a U.S. national team fan. So I'm obviously going to go for my prediction. Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Ajax finishes first, actually, and then I'm gonna say Chelsea just edges out Valencia. If, if that makes you happy, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't appease me, if you will, but it um mm. it's it's all right. I'll I'll make do with that. I think uh, I think your bias is showing a little bit here, but you know it's all right. <laughs> okay. And mine certainly is not. So of course, you know. Okay. Well, you well. Hudson Odoi is coming back. Reese James is coming back to unfortunately. Reese James. Reese James. Uh All right. Right back. Right back for right back Mm. for Chelsea. Okay. Yeah. What what was that? Right back. Reese James. Yeah. Right back. Yeah. yeah. Reincarnated. (laughs) Well, you know, yet to be seen, (laughs) but. (laughs) <laughs> but I haven't been quite encouraged by Cesar Espilicueta's start to this season. So, um, no, no. So, there are players. There's still players that come back for Chelsea. You still have Rudiger coming back. And um, eventually, Loftus-Cheek, 
he probably won't be back until like maybe the last couple of matches of Champions League, in all honesty. But um, we've got big players still to come back there. So I think this team is going to get at least better depth in the next in the next month or so. So I'm not too worried about uh, about finishing third, maybe second in this group. Sorry, second, sorry. of course, finishing, finishing second in this group. Okay. <laughs> Whatever you say, Brianna. What if you want to stick with that? That I'm not gonna, not gonna fight you on it. That's uh, it's fine to live delusionally. It's all right. We've all been there. But with that, we don't have too much to uh, to wrap up with. Obviously, look out for our next podcast. Maybe we might do like a like a Q and A podcast coming up. So during the international break, we get a little lonely. So. We might uh, find some time and and see if you guys have any questions for us you'd like for us to answer about any European soccer European teams. If you get the link or would like the link to that Q and A form that we will slash might be sending out, then feel free to email us at theoverlappod at gmail dot com. And once again, don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well as SoundCloud. So, Rian, did I miss anything? Yeah, I I kept teasing it, but I will finally say someone's uh, review. I did say I would say someone's review if you leave a five-star and review us on Apple uh, Podcasts. This week, um, well, actually, it's from about a week ago. This one is from uh, $5. It is best of the best, great in-depth look and analysis of football, in parentheses, soccer. <laughs> Uh, hope to keep it up, and it's left with uh, "You'll Never Walk Alone." So I'm going to guess that is one of our Liverpool friends, Liverpool fans um, of the pod. So yes, yes. Shout out to whoever that might be. I have a couple names in mind, but for privacy reasons, of course, I would never say. Um, but thank you for that review, um, our famed Liverpool fan and friend. But with that, that's Elias here signing off, and we'll see you guys next time. Thanks, guys.